Welcome to episode 59 of The Kraken Pod, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, those new and old to hockey, and hockey fans looking to have fun. Along with you, we try to go into what lies beneath when it comes to everything Seattle Kraken and the NHL and the Seattle Kraken, your Seattle Kraken, have basically made Canada their bitch, okay? So I'm just going to say it. We're just earmuffs right off the, the top of the show here. Sorry about that. Week two of an epic road trip begins with a huge win in Montreal. Shane Wright. Shane Wright's been traded. What the heck? We'll explain. Kraken All-Stars. Yes. And in no dumb questions, we will explain a longstanding nickname for a legendary NHL team. And Joey and my three stars of the week. 2023 has been kind to your Seattle Kraken. Let's get talking to it. Welcome to the Kraken Pod. Let's go. My name is Eli Tolvanen, and this is my good friend, Ellie Tolvanen. Yeah, that's right. I looked at the pronunciation <laughs> tonight. I keep messing that up. Ellie, Eli. Well, I was trying to be funny in the moment, and I actually, I, I actually had studied yeah. the pronunciation guide before, just because I always screw it up. So Ellie, it's just Ellie. I did Ellie, not Ellie, study Ellie. the pronunciation uh, pronunciation guide because I can't even pronounce pronunciation, but I did. I mean, he's on a freaking heater, and he's got, what, three goals over his last five games, all of them of which have been assisted by the Dundertaker, and they keep saying his name. And so I'm like, oh, it's Ellie. We screwed up. We screw up a lot. I'm not surprised by that. So there you go, Ellie Tolvanen. You know, I've been kind of – look, okay, we all right. That's Joey. I'm Jeff. Let's just get to it. Here's your Kraken reaction. <laughs> We're just like we're just churning along like the Kraken are. Okay, so we're on a we're on a heater. They're on a heater. Let's just go. Let's go. All right. So I'm Jeff. That's Joey. Um, so I've been watching really everything go down without watching any hockey. Like I've been following along on social media, watching clips, watching highlights, almost in real time. I've been weirdly watching hockey the past week without watching much hockey in real time. Why, Does that make why sense? are you doing that? Is this like a superstition thing where like they're doing so good you don't want to jinx them by starting to watch the games and they lose? No, it's just like it's piecing together life right now. And so I'm like trying to like, I'm you know, uh, can I settle down to watch hockey right now? No, I'm just going to keep up with my phone. It's just had so much family stuff going on and all that. So, but I've been keeping up with everything. So I say that because I haven't really heard Ellie Tolvanen's name said by the crew all that often or else it would sink into me yeah that was very that was made very apparent by the way you opened the episode ely right so like anyway (laughs) holy smokes what is going on the seattle kraken have left all of their woes behind them into in 2022 and in 2023 that have they've just like if their new year's resolution was to destroy the nhl then they're already like well on their way to doing that they're just moving up the ranks of the Pacific Division of, of the Western Conference. They're just killing it. They have, I mean, literally mowed down now four Canadian opponents in a row. We, we are recording fresh after the, I almost said Seahawks. Dude, I am losing my mind. 
Uh, the Kraken. We're going to have some depths in this episode. We've got some problems. I'm drinking wine for right to celebrate him being traded, going to a going to a really good team in the OHL, pushing for playoffs. You're tired as shit. It's late. The Kraken are on a heater. Like, there's a lot of things happening. There's some weird energy in the air. We need to harness that. I'm going to harness this weird energy. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, just going to feel it. But okay. for nothing beating Montreal tonight. So, I mean, I'll say this, though, and I, I'm giving you props here for uh, backing me up on Twitter. What did I say? What did I say in the last podcast episode? There, I my friend it, Joey. I think it actually, might to give you even more credit, I think it might have been the episode before that. But you said, and it was really, I like what you did because you actually went into the trends of Matty Benier scoring throughout the season when he was on a drought, and you pointed out kind of like the timeline of like when he gets hot, when things kind of cool off, and you said that with this upcoming road trip, that Benier's was going to start getting hot again, and lo and behold. Jeff Januzek, maybe you are hockey Jesus. It's not me. It's not me and our Kraken Pod fantasy squad. I'll tell you that much. I'm getting my dick kicked in on the weekly, but <laughs> you actually might be hockey Jesus because no, Beneers, man, he's he is he is on fire and he continued that tonight with a minute and three seconds left in the game with a beautiful empty netter against the Habs. So you know what's funny is I just make a lot of predictions and one of them will actually like Nostradamus, like one will actually come to fruition. So, um, but Maddie Beneers has just been on a tear. The whole team's been on a tear like, all right. So I don't want to jump ahead to the Montreal game, but we're coming fresh off of that, uh, win tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like what a cool moment. So El- Ellie Tolvin and like he played in Montreal, um, as he was kind of, you know, coming up right. in, in like his, uh, North American career, the, you know, he's, he's Finnish. And so he got to uh, score a goal in front of a bunch of his friends and family tonight in Montreal. This guy, this guy claimed off waivers from the Predators. I mean, what were the Preds thinking? The Preds are sinking. And here the Seattle Kraken are rising on this like flaming hot Ellie Tolvanen. Like, dude. And I'm also going to say his name is uh, correctly as many times as possible in this. You also should just, you should just roll with it and keep going with Eli. It's like, uh, Eli, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta just, you gotta fucking fully lean into it. It, it blows me away. And so this is, and I don't know if this is something that new hockey fans pay attention to. Maybe it's just like some weird thing I have, but when I saw Ronnie Francis, the devil works hard, but Ronnie Francis works harder. When I saw him, grab him off of waivers uh, from Nashville. That was really interesting to me because when you're looking at this guy's background, I'm like, wait, he's only been in the league a couple of years. He was a, a first round pick. He's 23 years old. He has a hell of a shot on him. I mean, the guy's firing 90 miles an hour from the hip. He hangs out in like the right circle. And he loves to fire. It's like the opposite of Ovi's circle. And I'm trying to like, he's a really skilled player. And I just feel like he hasn't really been given a chance He's been on a team that has gotten progressively worse over the years, and they're very poorly mismanaged. So I just don't understand. It blows my mind. I don't know. I've never, out of all the other major professional sports that I watch, I think like hockey is really the only sport where I have seen somebody be like a first round pick and like two or a couple of years later is just available on waivers for a team to grab. You don't see that shit anywhere else. And for Ronnie Francis to recognize that, and put him on the crack and wait a couple of games, kind of get a feel for things, let him build build chemistry with the team, and then give this guy 
the line that he thinks, obviously him and Hack, Haxel deserves credit too. Put him on the line. Dude, like the chemistry between him and Dundertaker is fucking crazy. It really is like stepbrothers. Like, did we just become best friends? That is that is them. And it just blows me away. And I'm watching him play and it's really impressive. And now he has three goals in his past five games. And I don't know, man, like this guy is legitimate and we, we robbed the national predators. It's unbelievable. Ron Francis has done such a great job. This team does so they plugged in the right players at the right time mm-hmm. and they've all just kind of marinated and now they've just exploded. You know, they get plugged in and they just take off, which is incredible. And I love what you said just a few minutes ago. This dude, he's only 23 and he was a first round pick. He was drafted 30th in 2019 so like he's young he just hasn't had the right chance you know not that he's going to keep going like this but man i tell you what like he's contributing right away he obviously fits i mean he's having a blast the kraken are having a blast they've just been on this tear uh this road trip man i just i don't know something in my gut just i just knew it i knew it was going to be good i didn't know it was going to be this good to be honest mm-hmm. you know so anyway long story short 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 uh <laughs> shirt eli yeah, sh- shirt it's the new orleans in me right there um <laughs> eli ellie uh welcome welcome to seattle brother i can't wait till he gets back to climate pledge arena so people can really give him a good standing o because this guy's been killing it but there's been yeah, start, so start much going on yeah yeah exactly you, you want to talk about someone else really quick just on this note is um can we talk about spronger because this is a guy that last year comes to the kraken um Really impressed me. I remember you and I talking about it on the podcast, and I just really liked his play overall and thought he was such a great addition. I love the way he hustles. He has another gear that he can take it to that not a lot of players, even on his own team, can match. It's like Turbo and Yanni Gord, maybe, when it comes like that kind of that, that level of energy. And on top of that, he's got a really good fucking shot. And it really surprised me when the Kraken almost didn't bring him back. They signed him to a one-year deal, kind of like the last minute kind of a thing. And then all of a sudden, like, you see him producing at the level that he's producing at. And it's like, you know what he deserves? Something other than a one-year long contract. But again, this is a guy that, I don't know, I feel like a lot of NHL rosters would be very, very happy to have a Daniel Spronger on their team. We're fortunate enough that he is a member of the Seattle Kraken. Yep. Yeah. Sprong, you know, he's awesome. Ding dong, Sprong. We, I love this dude. I just, everybody right now, I'm just, you know, feeling the love. Everybody's, the romance, yeah, the romance right. is there. We got a, we got a cracking romance going right now. You know, Seattle sports is, is flying high right now, as they should with the Seahawks making the playoffs. Um, and shout out to Detroit, Detroit Red Wings podcast, Detroit Lions. Exactly. What's up, Detroit Lions, Detroit Red Wings? Look at that. <laughs> Helping out Seattle once again. The, it's like karma. The karma connection is there. So exactly. You're, we're, we're, we're the ones at the center of this, by the way. Like we should oh, no. credit for this. Yeah. We're in the middle of this weird, strange, yeah. like we're not even in Seattle. And we're just like this vortex of like we're yeah. I think we're like honestly the engine that keeps the Seattle sports scene moving. Or like we're just doing like some New Orleans like opposite voodoo, but we're doing yeah. like some witch doctor trickery shit. And guess what? Everything's coming to fruition. You're welcome, everyone. Well, so let's start off with going <laughs> back to last week and we came into Canada. We got some revenge and uh, we we beat the Edmonton Oilers five to two in Edmonton. And it looked bad. It started off, it started off rough. Looked like it was going to be like, oh God, here we go. It's going to be a rough 2023, but it did not end up that way. So what happened in that game? 
started having horrible flashbacks like we were taking grenades in the trenches, man, because the Kraken went down 2 nothing very quickly, and I'm like, here we go. Like, the Oilers are going to beat us down. I'm going to be depressed. What's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, beers for fucking Beniers, baby. Scores in the power play. Great goal. And almost immediately afterwards, find Schwartzy for a really impressive goal. After that, Yanni Gord sco- uh, scores. Say that three times fast. And the Kraken are up 3-2. And very impressive. There was a crucial goal that was overturned. Um, and so credit to not only Hack, but his staff for seeing the offsides on that play. Because that honestly, I think, flipped the entire game. And it went against McDavid's. So that was kind of like twisting the knife a little bit, which I fucking loved. Um, Jeff, I want you to talk about this a little bit because you had the parlay. Father Scan, uh, Father Canner scores. Father Scanner, what am I talking? About? Father Canner scores. You predicted this. You had the good vibes only parlay. He scores. That's four straight unanswered goals. Skinner gets actually removed from the game, and Campbell comes in. Jonesy has thirty saves. The Kraken win five two. Fuck you, Edmonton. So here's what I want. We I literally want to take this note down. I'm I'm going to make a note of this. Uh Is if we get a chance at some point this season, this year, to talk to any Kraken coaching staff or somebody on the inside or anybody at all that's officially with the team, I I'm not trying to make a joke. I want to know what happened. What happened to flip the switch mm-hmm. after going down two nothing? Like, what was there something that was said on the bench? Like, what happened? Like, how did you get your head wrapped up into it? Because you're coming off of a lame end to 2022, which was just you know not more down than up. In yeah. the, well, the last game was a win. The one before that was a win. But yeah, December fucking sucked. But but now, so but well, I asked this though because you know it was a fresh. Uh, a fresh year, but they've gone off and now they're just like back on that buzz that they had in um, November in November. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's what I want to know. I feel like something happened there because then you, you you just got your, your ass beat by the Oilers, you know, a a week before. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe there was something there because they've gone off. Right. So um, yeah, I did. I did predict that. I, I just, for some reason, for I, I'm probably more like I'm probably like sixty percent now, maybe fifty percent. I think I've kind of trailed. You realize how mind. insanely good that is to, to be. I mean, like I think good betters. I'm like the greatest are right around fifty, and I think you're rocking like sixty percent, maybe a little bit over that. Betting I, on hockey is incredibly difficult, and you, sir, are on a heater. You need to give yourself more credit because oh. you are very new to it, but you've been doing great. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. I actually, I did, I did pick a parlay for the Montreal game tonight, but I forgot to tweet it. I took a screenshot and everything and I did, I would not have gotten it. I, um, what was your, I, what was your guess, Jeff? Was it Maddie Beniers and an empty netter with a minute? Three no, DraftKings is still not <laughs> listing Ma- Maddie Beniers. They're not listing him. No. Um, do you, well, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got it because I tried to go for the super big parlay and I picked oh. the end of the first period that we'd be tied. Um, oh. which was not the case, which is awesome. Oh. Um, so I, I lost a bet there. But can you guess who I picked as a goal scorer? They did not score tonight. Who, who do you think I picked? Uh, Donato. Good guess. Good guess. Uh, no, um, Berkey. Okay. Andre Burkowski. I picked usually, him. I felt- usually that's a very fair bet because that guy is, you know, putting putts on net pretty regularly. My thought was that I couldn't, you know, I – 
like I there's so many people have been scoring on a regular basis. So many dudes I couldn't pick them. I actually did think about Vince Dunn, but I was like, there's no way he's scoring again. And uh, you know he did. So uh, he does, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, so we we beat the Oilers. That felt great. Mm-hmm. Then we had to watch the USA uh, team. I couldn't watch it actually get destroyed by Canada, which sucked on Wednesday night. Um, and then more great hockey coming up on Thursday in Toronto. What did you think about that game as the Kraken beat the crap out of Toronto in front of their home crowd five to one? Pretty sure Justin Bieber was in the stands crying. It was very impressive. He might have wrote a song about it, but you should. It was it was very impressive. The Kraken ended up winning five to one. The first period was really slow. They relied on Jones a lot. Like the, the Kraken only had three shots on goal for the first period. It made me really fucking nervous. Second period, your boy Eli. Tolvin in on the power play again, <laughs> scores from Bjorkstrand. Uh, the Leafs come back and they and they tie it up right afterwards. They were on a power play, but the crack. So and and here's what I wonder, right? So you have like I wonder what happened and when we're down two nothing to Edmonton, I want to know what was said to the team because the response goal from your boy Vince Dunn, the Dundertaker, when the when the game is tied one one to immediately come back and make it a two one game. After that, Father Canner scores again on a breakaway goal. And then beers for Beniers. Dude, I'm telling you, like, the beers for Beniers vibes have been so high. People are buying in. It's a real thing. Everyone's enjoying their adult beverages, and they're watching this kid start to go off. He is getting hot. He scores a goal. And on the same night he scores a goal, he also finds out that he is named to the NHL All-Star team. Unbelievable. And he caps off with a goal himself. And Seattle ends up winning 5-1 in Toronto against a really good team. That's awesome. I mean, like, this kid is having an amazing season. How how smart do we look, Joey? And but you you did it first. I just piggybacked on your bet. The fact that we bet on him to win the Calder. I mean, like, that literally. we He's you, money of all time. You got five to one. Was that it? Uh, yeah, I think my odds on that were five to one. Like a like a month and a half, two months before the season started. I might I might have gotten four to one, but I bet a hundred bucks. So either way, I'm I'm making a few hundred on that. You're making. A few, I mean, that's like easy money, as you said. And the kid is just on fire. I just just love that energy. Love what's going on. And to beat the Leafs in Toronto five to one. I mean, that's just a big old like. Hey, we're a good NHL hockey team, and we just came in and stomped all over your house. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's better yeah. than porn. I could have, yeah. I could have done stuff to myself. What to, to the least fans upset? Do you know what I'm saying? Like I was aroused by. I do. Okay, let's move on to Saturday. <laughs> we go to Canada's capital city, <laughs> Ottawa, and and you know what? So since. Uh, I had this like I you know you ever like wake up in the middle of the night and be like and you like can't go back to sleep and you like think of something like that is the greatest thing ever that's so awesome oh my god and then then you wake up you wake up the next morning after falling back asleep you're like that was the dumbest shit that I thought of all the time and you know what it's it's a hell of a drug you know what I thought of in the middle of the night like I think it I think it probably was Saturday night and I was dry I had no no drinks so I just woke up in the middle of the night I was like (laughs) out of twats. (laughs) <laughs> and i was like that's funny and then i woke up in the morning i was like what i, I was like what? I, I, sh- I should have tweeted that i was like, i should have tweeted out of twats and i didn't oh my gosh like i've never i've i've known about ottawa my whole life and i've never thought 
out of twats. And I'm like, and I woke up the next morning going like, what the hell, man? What's going on? I, first off, I love how you were like, we need to move on so Joey can't make a masturbation joke. <laughs> but let me tell you about this idea I had in the middle of the night. As I'm oh. sleeping next to my lovely wife, my kids oh. are and everyone's safe. And, and I wake up and I think to myself, <laughs> autotwats. If my As family think, only knew uh, what went through my head at all times. Like a grown fucking man. <laughs> Just like wake up in the middle of the night. You're like, autotwats. God, that's a good one. God, that's, <laughs> that is... That is incredible. Dude, I wish, I, I wish that you would have like hopped on Twitter and would have went on like the Kraken Pot account and been like, "Listen, I'm just spitballing here. I just woke up, twats. and then just went right back to bed and just seen, <laughs> seen the reaction. Just, no, I just was, see how that rolls off the tongue. I was, I literally was going to tweet it, but I was not going to say anything. I was just going to write twats and that's yeah, it. That yeah, all- actually, that's even way better. That is way better. Yeah, you have to just one word, and it's like, wait, why is this? Wait, five in the morning. So it's three in the morning Pacific. Why the fuck I mean, is Beth awake? Autotwats? Does he have a family? What's this guy doing? I feel like we've just gone like official. Like we're never gonna get like like Nikki O is never gonna come back on the show. We've gone full <laughs> heel. Like we are like the like the most vulgar, most vile Kraken podcast in the Kraken podcast family, and we just have to accept it. So anyway, uh, what a what a crazy game! Twelve goals scored in Ottawa. All right. I cannot almost I almost cannot not say it there. Um, the Kraken win eight to four. The, the the Canadian road trip looking great. Yes. Um, man, there were some awesome goals in this one. This was a I think this was kind of a wild game there. So it was really hard to take notes on it because what I've been doing now for a while, because it helps out with the podcast prep is while the games are being played, I'm actively taking notes like a psychopath and. I have like the Google doc pulled up and there's so many goals being scored. And so I just have to say overall, what really impressed me with this one, and I'm sure everyone's heard this a lot, but the eight goals that were scored were all scored from different players. So eight different uh, members of the crack and like got involved and scored. And it's so fucking impressive. And for me, and I, it's, it's hard not to pay, pay attention to this kid because he's the future of the franchise beers for Beneers again, man, Maddie Beneers has a play where he takes a hard hit. So before before the hard hit, actually, he gets kind of ran into the boards a little bit. He hits his face. It looks like there's a little bit of blood in the mouth. I'm like, oh, shit, man. This kid's out here getting slammed around. He's not the biggest in size, whatever. People are going to be coming for him. He's a rookie, whatever. Watching him play almost immediately after that, Cracker trying to go on the offensive. He takes another big hit, gets knocked down to the ice, gets back up, no hesitation, skates right down the ice, and scores like the the fucking nuts on this guy i mean like i don't i don't know how else to say it you know what i'm saying jeff i mean like he is so good and so long he's just a baller and it's great to watch him play and you see plays like that and you're like man when the team is playing like that and we just kind of sack up and we go out there and we play hockey and you know we take the hits and we hit back and we try to score goals and Everyone is starting to really gel, and you can tell these guys really like each other, and, and it's showing. And the Kraken end up winning eight to four. It was just a great game. Again, eight different goal scorers. Beniers actually had two points in the night, and he was the first rookie uh, in the NH- in the NHL this season to reach a thirty point mark. So I, I would say that uh again that Calder bet is a lock. But overall, great game by the Kraken. Not trying to take away from anyone else who scored. Bjorkstrand had a bullet. 
Schwartzy had a hell of a game. Beautiful setup earlier. He fed Father Cannon for his 19th goal of the season, which leads the team. Um, Forsberg got pulled 15 minutes into the game. They had to bring in Talbot. There are so many things going on. All of them are great for the Kraken. Like the uh, the Senators had a fucking hat trick, and they were still down by three goals. And I'm just like, yeah, none of this matters. Like you're, you're getting your asses beat and a great game for the Kraken. You know what's weird about Jared McCann is like he's he's like for some reason he's just sneakily one of the best goal scorers in the league mm-hmm. and and he 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 just scores I, I, like I, there's there's some formula here and I I kind of feel like it's Spronger McCann and. There's somebody else in this mix, but if they score, I, I I wish we were one of the podcasts that did all the awesome stats, but like there's there. What is the stat that says like, um, okay. So if one of these three players scores, the Kraken will win. I feel like when those sprongs father canner and there's somebody else, if they score like the Kraken, you want to see what the overall team record is. If one of these individuals scores a goal, like Kinda if this like that. guy contributes, what is it going to look like for the team? Winner loss. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm thinking that like maybe it's Maddie Beneers. I don't know. But uh anyway, there's know. just something to it. The the magic happened. We went eight to four in Ottawa. Yeah. Um it Ottawa was twats. wild. Ottawa twats, they go down. And uh maybe when the Ottawa twats play the Winnipeggers, the the Winnipeg. Oh my the god. Yeah, <laughs> the Peggers awesome. are just pegging Ottawa twats. Okay. <laughs> That's uh it's gonna get dropped. Oh my god. So uh that was pretty wild, but um Going to tonight, tonight they just the the Kraken in Montreal just dominated the Canadians. I mean, this is crazy. They just came in and just like literally just said <laughs> storied franchise, most Stanley Cups in NHL history. Okay, cool. Yeah. Blast for nothing. So what's really interesting about this, and I did see there was some chatter about it before the game. And it was around the decision for Jones to start in net during practice. He's the first one off the ice. Everyone's like, is Gruby going to get a chance to play? What's going on? The Kraken are on a back-to-back tomorrow night. When this podcast comes out, it'll be two night. The Kraken play Buffalo. And then Thursday, they're in Boston. That's, you know, we obviously that's a big game. But for me, I didn't think it was a shocker. I wasn't surprised by this decision whatsoever. Let's remove the, like, if you want to have a goalie debate, cool. We can have it another time. Remove that out of the equation. I'm removing stats out of the equation. I'm going strictly off vibe and strictly off feel. Jonesy's fucking hot. He's hot right now. He's owning Canada. Our friendly neighbors to the north. He is the king of the north. There's been, like, some great stuff, like the the Kraken Canada account. Great stuff about, like, uh, images of, like, Jonesy, like, sitting on the Iron Throne. But, like, he's been owning... Canada he's hot the team is hot and they're just going to ride the hot hand I honestly think it just comes down to that if he is available and he's healthy and he's stretching and he feels good and he's like yeah I can go out there guess what they're gonna let him go out there and it worked out great he got a fucking shutout tonight second on the season 27th of his career he stopped 21 shots and don't get me wrong he wasn't tested a lot because tonight was one of the more impressive defensive games that the Kraken have played all season. But there were a couple of times that there were a couple of breakaways and some high danger shots that Montreal had. And every single time, not only did he shut them down, but he shut them down with like, I just love the way he plays the net, man. Like he's so smooth. 
and like confident in his actions that it's hard not to watch him and just feel good with him and net. And it was an overall, and I can get more into details of the game here in a second, but I don't know, man, like how do you feel about that? Cause when I see him in net and he's that confident watching every single game, like we do, I'm watching it. I feel confident in the team watching it because the vibe to the team is completely different. I'm like, okay, we know we can win. We know we're the better team. Now execute. I just, I love him. I love him. I mean, yeah. I really do. No offense to Gru, but it, it's not, it's not you, Gru. It's no, it's, they're completely independent. Jonesy. We're talking about Jonesy. Like yeah, he's he, been, I mean, where would the Kraken be? Um, like where would the team be without signing him this offseason? I mean, honestly. I think that's I think that's where the the confidence from the rest of the team that's where it comes from is they know that they have somebody who's as smooth as silk and dependable um in goal that gives you the confidence to go do your thing and yeah. and take chances and and push and push and push and they have and I think it was the right play because I mean we could jump right into it I mean we, there's a lot to talk about here with the uh uh with the game tonight I mean there was really so much cool stuff going on, but I'm just going to jump forward a little bit. I, I really think sacrificial lamb Buffalo. We lose, we lose. I think we lose in Buffalo, Buffalo. I've been hot on this team. I love that Buffalo team. Um, They did just get their ass kicked by, I think Philly. Um, They're also on a back to back. Isn't that kind of weird that we're both on a back to back? I just, I saw that they were playing tonight. I was like, wait, we're both doing this. That's kind of a weird schedule thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's some so the, the, going just strictly off vibes is the Sabers going into uh, tomorrow. I don't know if tonight's game was included, but I saw that they've won eight of nine. Ooh. They are they are scoring like crazy. This team, Tage Thompson. Yeah, you've got to go. Have you have you seen him at all? Have you watched him? Like, look him up and watch some of his highlights. This kid is taken he's taken over the league okay mm-hmm. he's he's arguably top three in the okay. nhl right now yeah. he's a beast i cannot wait to watch him on third uh tomorrow night but here's what i'm saying is i think that tomorrow's gonna be a little bit of a sacrificial shootout first of all take the over oh my god it's oh gonna be god. A- yeah no take the take the over all the way and again i know you're i know you're getting we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here but i did look this up and the first thing that stood out to me was how much they score the sabers are second overall in the nhl they have 149 goals on the season this is before before their game tonight they're averaging over four goals per game the only team they are behind in scoring the bruins i'm going to go out and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to do my overall day, my, my Jeff Lasso prediction. Mm-hmm. I think the Kraken become the first team to beat the Boston Bruins in, in regulation. Boston. In regulation, I'm sorry. In too. regulation, no, I do too. On Thursday night, I think they lose to Buffalo, get that monkey off their back, get the goal, get the 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 winning streak off their back, go in fresh on Thursday, mm-hmm. Jonesy and Net. And I think they beat the Bruins. Okay. So you're thinking they're going to give Jonesy the night off. And when they go to Buffalo, you think Gru gets the start? Yeah. Interesting. I'm kind of feeling the same way, but I also feel like we're going to beat Buffalo. My only, so, and this is me going back to the game tonight because the, the win against the Canadians was really impressive. This was a game that I thought the Kraken were going to win. I did not realize it was going to be in this fashion, but at the end of it, 
all I can think of was, fuck, I wish we were playing the Bruins tomorrow. I wish that, like, I wish it was like flip flopped. You know what I'm saying? I wish it was like Buffalo on Thursday, Bruins tomorrow, because I really do feel like the Kraken right now are peaking. And I'm like, God, what I would give for the team to be this fucking hot coming into Boston and be like, you know what? We're bringing our A plus game. We realize that you're the best team in the league. Bring it on. And I just, I, I want that to happen so bad. Two quick things I have to mention, yeah. by the way, uh, for the Montreal game. So, again, there were some people talking about like a goalie, not like a controversy, but being like, oh, Jones is getting the start in net tonight. Well, guess what? You're not fucking talking about it now that he just got the shutout, are you? I'm not saying not to be mean, but like, let's be honest here. But if you wanted to look at stats, and again, I don't think it's anything stats related. I don't think, I don't think it's anything, you know, grew hatred related. I just think he's hot and they're going to ride the hot hand. It's as simple as that. But if you want to look at stats, He's 9-2-0 with a 2.19 goals against average against the Canadians all time. So even if you want to look at statistics, he owns the Canadians statistically. And guess what? He did it again. He shuts them out. And on top of that, I think you're going to love this, which is why I had to mention it. Vince Dunn scores again tonight. The Dundertaker now has a goal in three straight games. Jeff, that's the first time he's ever done that his entire career. This is a kid that and I say kid with respect because I don't want him to listen to this and give us a black eye. Remember when Nicky O was like, I'll tell him that you guys call him the Dundertaker, but if it gives me a black eye, it's on you. So oh, he loves I look, I know Nicky O is just trying to protect the yeah. integrity, but I I know because I've said that, you know, Vince Dunn is my favorite crack and still stand by that. He loves that name. He loves it. Who wouldn't? Anyway, I mean, sorry. I not love that. No, no, he no. Loves it. You're totally fine. All I'm going to say is this kid, and it hasn't really been talked about that much anymore, which is fine, but I think recency bias is definitely a thing. But if I'm zooming out, I'm looking at the season in its totality. Yeah. His struggles at the beginning of the year were, yes. he was, dude, he was doing some shit in the beginning of the season where I'm like, is Jeremy Lau's on? Like, did he go inside of your body in the offseason? Like, did you guys flip flop? <laughs> like, what's happening here? Because he was playing so bad. He was playing out of position. He was skating flat-footed. Everything he was doing was a liability, and I'm just like, what is going on with this guy? He needs to turn it around. And not only has he turned it around, but he's turned it around as the team is doing the same damn thing, and now he's doing things that he's never done in his career. I'm so fucking happy to see him figure out whatever it is he needs to figure out, get out of his own, get out of his head, get out of his way. His, his connection with our boy Eli has been next-level like the assist that he had on him tonight, Eli feeding him on his goal. Like it's just a beautiful thing to watch, man. And I'm really, I'm loving it, but I'm also loving it for you because I know how much you love the Dundertaker. Yeah. I just, I, 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 the same exact thing. He struggled. He figured it out. I know he came into the season in great shape, had the rough patch. He's through it there. He's thriving like the rest of the team yeah. and just so many great things going on. And yeah, Ellie Tolvin and maybe that's like his like, you know, catalyst to further greatness and things just continue to happen. Um, yeah, I, I, re I, I just think the vibes of this team, they are just a great team. They love to play together and I don't care what happens tomorrow in Buffalo. Honestly, I'd be okay if they took it easy tomorrow and they lose, right? It's going to be a shooting gallery, whatever. I, I think their attitude going, they know that if they go into Boston and beat the Bruins, that puts them, and they're already on the radar 
for the rest of the NHL. But that puts them like, holy shit, look at this team. Yeah, no, this is a, oh, damn. This team has done something that no one else has done in the NHL this year. Oh, and look how many, like, look at their record. Look where they're at. Like, this is for real. We need to start paying attention to the fucking Seattle Kraken. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I want. And I cannot wait to watch this game. So I'm pumped. So I'm ready. Oh, man, I'm so, I'm so, so ready for Thursday night. What I would give for the Kraken to be playing Tuesday in Boston. But anyways, I thought you would appreciate that. And by the way, I just, I just thought of this. So you and I, we had a conversation. I think it was two episodes ago now um, with Nick EO, Nick Olchek. He was great. You and I were asking him about like the chemistry of the team and like what is, what's the big difference that he has noticed, you know, obviously an insider and why this team has taken such a big step and not just the offseason acquisitions. Like we all know about like, you know, Bjork Strand and, and uh, Bjorky, all those guys coming in. And then he was talking about their chemistry, not on the ice, but off the ice. Like they're hanging out, right? Like they they voluntarily hang out. Like they go out to dinners and meals and they probably fucking go out and they have a blast and all that stuff together. You know, they're, uh, they're all grabbing like Nintendo switches and doing freaking Mario, whatever they're all, they're doing all, all the fun shit that they should be doing and building that chemistry. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this Jeff, but after tonight's game, so Ryan Donato got into a scrum. So he's throwing fisticuffs. There were some dirty plays. I thought the Habs, I thought that they knew that they were losing the game and they were losing it badly. And I thought the third period was just gross. I didn't like the style of play that they were playing with. I thought they were going out there and playing a little bit dirty. At one point, uh, they hit uh, Vince Dunn, your boy, really hard, checked him into the boards. They start fighting with Spronger. So Donato jumps in, he starts defending his teammates. And Donato's throwing fists. And after the game, he gave a quote saying how everyone on this team has come closer, not on the ice, but off the ice. And as a result of that, when you get to start knowing the guy next to you on a more personal level, it makes you want to go out there and literally fight for your team. And that is why they're like answering the bell. And I just love reading stuff like that because I'm like, this is what we're talking about. This is what we're hearing about. And now we're seeing it transpire. Yeah. I, I feel that vibe and I feel like they are going across you know, the East coast swinging up through Canada, coming back down and they are a wrecking ball and they know it and they're having fun with it. And I love it. So they're just doing stuff that, you know, obviously no Seattle cracking team has ever done before. Um, but they're just becoming a really solid hockey team and I love to see it. So, um, they're on a roll. It would be awesome if they could just roll on through the bees, you know, Buffalo and Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but man, I, I cannot wait. So I'm not going to overlook Buffalo because I can't wait to watch this team. No, they're, they're me, 25 and 12, man. They're a really good team. And like you said, they're on a, a bit of a heater too. Like this game is going to be serious. I think crew's going to be a net. And I also think it's going to be a shootout. Like whatever you do, take the over. You know, what's weird though, is like, I, I, I look at the standings every day um, uh, in the NHL. And I feel like every team in the NHL is 25 and two or 23 and 12 or 23 and you know 14 or whatever. Yeah. It's really weird. I'm actually, uh, while we are recording, I, uh, have the Kings Oilers game on, mm -hmm. um, hoping that the Oilers would take the Kings down. Um, so we could, you know, basically get within two points of them, Yeah, but, it's halfway through the first and the Kings are beating the Oilers two nothing. So Ooh, that was yeah. quick. Okay. Yeah, the, the Oilers are being the Oilers. Well, maybe the like, Oilers can do to the Kings, what we did to them, come back down to nothing and end up winning that game. Lord knows they have the firepower. I'm just throwing it out there. 
Well, you know, I'm sure Connor McDavid is probably tired of uh, carrying this team. So he's like, guys, can we go out here? Can you guys score some goals? Can <laughs> hey, somebody else? I remember when you were like my equal? Well, not even like Leon. Leon's look, they're looking down the bench like, hey, do, do we have other guys in this team? What, yeah. Who else? Name one other oiler besides Connor McDavid and uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh Their old ass goalie who got lit up in the playoffs last year. I mean, like, what? <laughs> there's no support staff there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So then the the boys, the crack, and they wrap up their road trip uh, yes. in Chicago on Saturday. And I think yes. if they make it to Chicago, if they beat Boston, they're going to go party hard for two days in Chicago. And they're, they're, you know what? As they should. I don't care if, if they beat Boston and get mopped in Chicago. If they end up finding a way. I mean, I'm so ready for this fucking game on Thursday night. It's insane. But yeah, Boston's not good. 10, 25, and a four. They're eighth in the central. And the crazy part is, Jeff, if you remember this, and I actually think looking back at it as I was getting ready for this episode, I actually think the loss to Chicago this season, it qualifies for me as their worst loss of the year. It was a brutal loss. It happened October 23rd. Yeah. Kraken lost five to four. We had the lead going into the third period, give up two goals within a span of 13 seconds. And at that time, Chicago was actually getting hot because that was actually so Chicago ends up obviously winning that game. That was their third game they've won in a row. And it was also their third straight game that they have come back from being down by a two-goal deficit. But, dude, they've only won 10 games on the entire season as we're recording this podcast, and that was their one and only, like, three-game heater. I really do believe that that was the worst loss of the season so far. I, 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 I don't want that to be repeated. With that being said, if we Different win team. In, in Boston on Thursday, dude, I'm telling you, I don't care what happens in uh, against Chicago. I really don't. Yeah, I no, that was a Sunday afternoon game uh, against Chicago in Chicago, and I will never forget the vibe there. I remember feeling like, oh god, this gonna be another rough season for the Kraken, and yeah. it just yeah. felt, you know, we gave up the lead. All it's just, oh god, it just it looked felt- good until it didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like we felt very confident. Like, oh, okay, we're gonna go in here and you know get this win. And it, it, it by the end of it, I was like, why do I watch this sport? Why do why yeah. why are we doing a podcast? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and also too, I want to go back a little bit and say, like, I don't think we mentioned it. I know we're excited about the Boston game, but yes. Boston by far is the best team in the NHL. They just they have just destroyed everybody, and they just are unbelievable. Yes. We, the best team in the National Hockey League. So that's why it's so exciting to say that the Kraken have a chance to beat them at home, right? Yeah. So yeah, totally pumped about that. And then looking ahead, um, actually, we have to mention this, the Kraken back home the following Monday. Finally. Uh, finally against Tampa Bay, uh, which, you know, no slouch there. Uh, hey, uh, yeah, to say the least, they own us. They, they do. They, uh, they completely own us. They're 24-13-1. They're third in the Atlantic. Um, we, we played them on December 13th and we lost the game six to two. That was the game that we gave up three goals in three minutes and 23 seconds. If you remember, that was also the game where Braden point put fucking the big cat on a highlight reel because he dangled around him so much. He left him spinning and then he scored on us. So I would like to not repeat that. We will see what happens. All I know is that 2023 has been great for the Seattle Kraken. the team is rolling. We just smacked down all of Canada minus Vancouver, but we didn't play Vancouver. So I'm not having that conversation and I'm really excited to see what happens uh, Tuesday night against Buffalo because then we get a day off and uh, it's go time in Boston and now it's getting real. 
So I'm looking at the standings right now, and the Kraken are currently third place in the Pacific um, with 50 points. They're two points behind the Kings. Looks like the Kings could get this win tonight, so we'll be... They have uh, two games uh, on us, though, right? Don't they have two games more played than we do? They have four. They have four games. Oh, okay. And well, then yeah, the Golden fine. Knights have three. And so here's kind of cool. I'm looking at the the... And really, in the conference, we are fifth in the conference so we're fifth place in the western conference which is pretty awesome um but i'm looking at this one stat that's really impressive this is a really good thing here um the differential okay the differential and what that is oh my lord yeah the differential is our goals for minus our goals against right so we have 143 goals for and we have 122 goals against so so our differential is 21 and in our division just to put that in perspective the ducks one of the worst teams in the league worst teams in our conference they're a negative 73 differential right so they're getting outscored like crazy and they're not scoring any goals yeah they're not Um, we had i said the number we had is 21 who has the best differential in our division us we do yeah. the golden knights the way, have it's a that 20. means a lot to me because that right there will tell you a that that will paint a very big picture of of how we are handling these games if you look like a plus minus i i, I love that stat yeah and we are in the west third the stars have a, a differential of 34 jets 29 and the jet and by the way, the reason why is the Justice have fan, amazing goaltending. It's just like some of the best goaltending in the NHL. Um, so, like, we're outscoring the Jets by over 10 goals there. And let's see. I don't want to look at the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but they never sick. score. It's either the peggers. They're not pegging. So, the, that's true. The differential, to look at the differential, I'm looking across the rest of the league. We have one of the best in the league, honestly. And, and now, again, this is this is – a great stat when you're looking at the standings because it does tell you how good these teams are. So the best team in the league, the Bruins, their differential is 68. Yeah. They've almost, they're like, they're not nearly double, but they're approaching that terror. It's insane. What the way they are doing this year, 32, four and four is their overall record. It is, it is bananas. I don't understand. I can't even wrap my mind around, being that hot to start to start a season it's unbelievable the second best goal you know like the differential is the stars at 34 so the bruins have are 68 and then second yeah they've doubled up the second team yeah the second place team across the league jeff i'm gonna tell you something right now that might cause you to be a little bit aroused you ready to hear this yeah it was actually credit to root sports because it was shared during the broadcast tonight Right now, what would you guess is Vince Dunn's plus minus? 15. It's 20. What do you think he was at this point last year, plus minus? Oh, uh, minus 15. Minus 21. Jesus, that's awesome. A complete <laughs> turnaround. Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah, that's- there you go. They threw that stat on the screen, and I was like, who's doing this for Jeff? Like, does, did Piper get a hold of the broadcast? What's happening? She knew. She, she knew what's up. Who Oilers what's up. scored. Oilers scored. Here they come. Here they go. Who scored? Oh, somebody not named uh, Connor McDavid and not named Leon Dreisaitl. Awesome. I don't know who that guy is. Cool. He scored a goal. Good. Anyway. Um, so on. anyway. The Bay. Uh, really the tough. Kraken, the Kraken are, are, are killing it. And in the 
in great shape. They're going to beat the Bruins. I can totally feel it. I am absolutely ready for that. Uh, and I'm also absolutely ready to be putting down some bets. I got to tell you, dude, I mean, we talked about it once already, but how mm-hmm. pumped are you for the Seahawks to be in the playoffs? I'm excited and I'm not because I am a realist. I am going into the game against San Francisco being like, man, we're going to get this shit be out of us. But the reason why I'm excited is because it's like everyone thought Seattle was going to suck. And not only is Seattle good enough to squeak into the playoffs, but we're going to get a top five draft pick. Like this is a win-win scenario. So, I mean, like we get to go to playoffs, we get more football. The team gives the middle finger to Russ. We move on and we get a top five pick. So I'm all for it, man. I have no expectations. Well, I guess I kind of do have expectations. I, I expect San Francisco to to handle us, but it's one of those things where like Seattle lost their their main linebacker. Um, he was uh, number three in the in the NFL in tackles this season. Dude's an absolute beast. So hopefully Brooks comes back and he's healthy for next season. But yeah, no, it's not even going to be close. But hey, man, we're in the playoffs, so it's all good. Well, I'm ready to watch some, and you know, look, have some hope. You never know. You never know what can happen. Hey, one game. That's all it takes, right? We've been talking a lot about uh, you know betting on hockey games, but it is fun to, to to make some bets in the NFL playoffs. And now that the playoff picture is finally locked in, we all know we know what's going on. We know that Aaron Rodgers is not in the playoffs, which is fantastic. Um, and if you want to get in, I'm placing some bets for the wild card round. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, to kick off the road to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly, okay? All new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to 10 bucks. That's pretty cool. So I'm going to be betting 10 bucks on the game this weekend. That's awesome. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? That's awesome. I'm totally doing that. So, all right. I'm God. Who am I to win? I got. Who am I going to pick to win? Oh man. Just be honest. San Francisco over Seattle. Take the take the free money. Hell no. I can't. I cannot. I cannot <laughs> bet against Seattle at all. Ever. Oh, no. Um. What What's our friend's name here in New Orleans? I I, I only know her by you know Maya. Being, yeah, Maya. I always forget. You know, I always forget Maya's. I want to call her Maya. I know my name, so it's fine. I know, dude. It's it's ten fourteen at night. I've got three kids. My wife's out of town. I'm like gassed. All right, so Maya, I you've so literally I'm, you've been laying down this entire episode. I'm I am. I'm laying down. I'm you're literally laying down. No, I'm <laughs> laying. I'm in. I'm in our room where I typically don't record because Meg's out of, uh, out of town. So I'm like on our That's chair in the room. Sex room. There's a swing in the background. No one can see it, but there's a swing in the background. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what you do. I mean, no. I wish you had cleaned up before we started recording, but you, you didn't. I guess you feel like well, we're friends now. Okay. I'm wearing my leather jumper, my jumpsuit, and I've got Darude Sandstorm blasting in the background as yeah. it always is. It sets really the, mode. Get the energy going. Yeah. Yep. 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 yep exactly. So we got um, shower curtains on the floor. Pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Dexter scene, but for sex. Now, can can Dra- will DraftKings get mad at us? This is right in the middle of their I don't their. Know their ad technically um but anyway long story short i back to maya i cannot bet against anything seattle because one time i forgot what game it was but i picked i think it was the one of the oilers games i picked like mcdavid to score to try and get like an extra uh boost in my parlay 
And she was like, how could you bet against us? Then I was like, well, come on. It's just... And then we, of course, got destroyed. It's like, OK, I'm never doing that again. So cheers to Maya. I can't bet against Seattle, so I'm not going to do that. Anyway, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code THPN. New customers can bet five bucks on the NFL. Get 200 bucks in free bets. 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details so thank you to DraftKings. and as far as the show goes no dumb questions we've gotten some good ones lately which is awesome really appreciate all these coming in on twitter social media no dumb questions what is it it is when you have a question you're afraid to ask another podcast a question because you feel like they're gonna think you're stupid well guess what they will we don't we're morons we just don't tell you. We just no, nice. <laughs> no. You see, so you just started watching hockey last season. You're already a hockey snob. I love it. I love it. I love it. No, there's never a dumb question on this show. So welcome to No Dumb Questions. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right, Joey. What is this week's No Dumb Question? This question actually comes from Facebook, and I also have to shout out the Kraken Pod fam because today. We hit 1,000 members of the Kraken Pod fam on Facebook. So Facebook is also blowing up. What's we can't up? Thank, we cannot thank you all enough. You've been great. Next, we're going to take over fucking TikTok and Instagram. Same yeah. handle. Whatever. But seriously, thank you so much. All right, so this one comes from Facebook. It comes from Derek Allen. His question is, why are the Montreal Canadiens commonly referred to as the Habs? So the Habs is short for Les Habitants or... The Habitants. A habitant is a reference to a seller or a descendant of French origin who worked as a farmer in Canada. It was actually first used by Tex Ricard. So Tex Ricard was the former owner of Madison Square Garden. And in 1924, he gave an interview and he actually used that term to describe them. And then it stuck. But he also messed up during that interview because he falsely told a reporter that the H, so the H in the logo for the Canadians, stood for habitant when it actually stands for hockey. So now you know what the logo, what the H stands for, and you know where the Habs comes from. It stands for habitant. Um, random fun fact, the Canadians are also the only team to exist before the founding and the forming of the NHL in 1923. So yes, they are one of the original six, but they were actually formed in 1909 and then later joined uh, the league when it was formed in 1923. Uh, that's pretty cool. I had a Canadian's jersey for a little while. It is. It, I like know, their jersey a lot. It is a is a classic. It's a nice look. And I all, I do think that, they beat the fuck down. I, I do I do kind of think that they may have lost tonight because they wore that um, the uh, throwbacks. Oh no, sorry the, the the reverse retros. The reverse retros. I think that that was too much blue on the ice. Like it was too much blue. Dude, I had that same thought because we have lost every game in our reverse retros. And when I saw the tweet, I forget which account, but it was like. Oh, tonight Montreal is wearing their reverse retros. I'm like, win incoming. Yeah, dude, dude. They like totally. No, they get they, that was that was a, that was a loss from the start. Mm-hmm. You can't. Anyway, cl- the classic Habs jersey, the classic Canadians jersey. Like, I'll always respect that. It's just like a solid color. It's pretty sweet. And speaking of that, uh, the um, Canadians' most hated young hockey player who just helped them win gold at the uh, World Junior Championships. Breaking news, breaking news. Shane Wright has been traded. Um, and I do appreciate, I saw this earlier uh, today in 
the Kraken Pod tweets, we have, you know, fans answering questions with each other, which is great. great. Because somebody basically was like, hey, what happened? He got traded. What does that mean? Uh, we're talking about Shane Wright getting traded in the OHL. So Ontario was, Hockey League. Exactly. Junior hockey. And someone was like saying, does that mean he's not a Kraken anymore? No, he's still property of the Seattle Kraken. But since they sent him down uh, to Coachella, he played his four games there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he got loaned out to the Canadian team to play in the World Juniors. Yeah, he came back, scored a goal against Montreal in that loss. Remember? Yeah, exactly. Then he did the World Juniors. So he came back just to stomp on Montreal for a second. And now he's going to go play the rest of the season in the OHL. Just so, you know, he kind of basically he's doing what remember last year with Maddie Beneers and how he came in with 10 games to go, but he yes. didn't sacrifice his uh, rookie eligibility, which he's yes. now a rookie this year. That's what's going to happen with Shane Wright. Shane Wright's going to play in the, in the OHL. So he basically got traded from the Kingston Frontenacs today. Yes. Um, and he's, he has scored a shit ton of points uh, for that team for the past couple of years, won tons of awards. That's what shot him up to the top of the, you know, the, the draft board. And luckily enough, uh, for some reason, things soured and uh, we got him uh, instead of the Canadians, which is fantastic. Their loss, our game. Um, So anyway, today the news is, is that Shane was traded to the Windsor Spitfires, mm-hmm. um, which I've actually been to a Windsor Spitfire game because Windsor is only like 20 minutes from Detroit. So I went nice. to Windsor all the time, which is pretty cool. So the Spitfires, pretty you solid. You think going to go to uh, some Red Wings games? Yeah, I could totally see. Absolutely. I totally, I totally see that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Windsor. Also, Windsor is north of Detroit, which is kind of a cool uh I'm sorry, south of Detroit. South yeah, of Detroit. No. Detroit. I was like, wait, you just give a fact that Canada's above the U.S.? <laughs> The cool fact is that it's south of Detroit. America is south of America. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you give your Canadian facts. I'll give my wrong geography facts. Geography facts. <laughs> but anyway, so Shane Wright's been traded, but he is still a Seattle Kraken. And it's you just basically Russia from Alaska. I'm like, all right, Sarah Palin. Okay, come on. Chill out, man. Come on. Now you compare <laughs> me to Sarah Palin. Let's go. Come on. Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry. Now, now I'm saying the Lord, Lord's yeah, name in no, vain. Take it back. Take it in back. In the depths. No, I did not mean that. Here's the sign of the cross. We're good. Mm-hmm. All right, me and JC, we're cool. Okay. Uh, all right. So anyway, Shane Wright is still Seattle Kraken, but we're going to watch him dominate the OHL and maybe win himself a, a cup in the OHL, which is pretty awesome. So good for him. You did that way better than I could have because, okay, so – I have to admit that this for me, and I won't talk about this for too long. So you just summarize everything. But this for me, honestly, was confusing. Not confusing in the sense that, like, I see it and I'm like, wait, we're trading him to an OHL team to the Seattle Crack and just lose Shane Wright? No, that is not the situation that's going on. So I had to, I had to do a little research to kind of understand it. So yeah, so he's playing for Team Canada and the IHF, which is where we lent him after he came back from Coachella. He plays again in the game against Montreal. Blah blah blah. He plays seven games in the IHF. They win gold. They beat Czechia. He has four goals and seven points in seven games. And actually, it was really cool because he was rocking the waggle golf, the golf hat afterwards. That's right. And then we had a, a member of the Kraken Pod fan be like, do you think he listens to the podcast? No chance in hell. Um, he's definitely just rocking the golf hat because it looks awesome. Yeah. Great. If Shane listened to us, would be surprised. So 
the day after they win that, he gets sent down to the OHL, where he's back with his former team that he was drafted from, the Kingston Frontenacs. But then it came out that Kingston was looking at trading him. And it's like, oh, they can do this? Yes, they can. Because Kingston, not that good of a team this year. And in their entire league, the OHL, Ontario Hockey League, they're all, they also play for a championship. And this is like the best junior players across Ontario. So they're like, what team is going to want Shane? We can get a haul for him. And we can build our team up for the future because right now we're not that good. Like any team with a good player who's looking to move on, like a Russell Wilson, but for OHL, junior hockey. So the Kraken were fucking smart in doing this because when the Kraken sent him down to the OHL after the IIHF, there's so many acronyms here. Uh, just think I did a rod junior hockey. So after that, the Kraken cannot officially call him back for the rest of the season. So the OHL, they have 68 regular season games. Their regular season ends on March 26th. Their playoffs start on March 29th. So not only can he not return to the Kraken, but Shane Wright also does not burn the first year of his entry-level contract because there is a thing. Oh, where, where was the note here? It's called the, oh, here it is. It's called the NHL entry-level uh, entry slide rule where he basically has to play 10 games, like you mentioned, Jeff, for the team in order for it to count on his rookie contract. He played eight games for the Kraken. The Kraken sent him down. He's going to spend the rest of the year doing junior hockey. He will not play for the Kraken the rest of the year. And guess what? Next year, he's still going to be a rookie. We just added on another year to that rookie contract. This is a win, win, win. And there was a there were some articles that were out there kind of like hypothesizing where he was going to get traded. But as we were getting ready to record the podcast. He gets set to Windsor Spitfires. And if anybody wants to know how much he is valued in the junior hockey league. So think about like you're getting him short term because you know, you're getting Shane Wright for the playoff push because you want to win a championship in the OHL, but you know, next year he's definitely with the Kraken, but that doesn't matter. They still gave up. So they get, so they being Kingston give up not only Shane Wright, but a 14th round pick and in return, they get a player, Ethan Medema, who is a forward, Gavin McCarthy, a defenseman. Hopefully, I didn't switch that up. And seven draft picks, including two conditional round picks. So two players and nine draft picks for a guy to play for you for what? April, May, and June? For three yeah. months of play. That's how yeah. valued he is in junior hockey. I'm sorry if that was a lot of information. It was hard for me to wrap my mind around it. Just know that the Kraken found a way to get Shane Wright to play eight games for the Kraken, to not touch 10 games, and now he gets to be a rookie next year, just like Matty Beniers. It all worked out for the better. He's having a great year. I mean, it really is. It's the best thing ever that he did not get drafted by the Montreal Canadiens, because think about this. is He got drafted into a team that is doing great things. So he's, he's standing on – he's not on the sidelines at all. Um, but he's watching the Kraken just do great. He's watching Maddie Beniers blossom. And I guarantee you he's buying in to what Ronnie Francis is selling him, which is Shane, look, man, you just got to go develop, go do your thing. So what has he done? He went to Coachella. He scored like 50 goals in four games, right? Yeah, that's um, an accurate stat. 50 very goals. accurate. He goes on to the you know he he stomps on the canadians scores his goal there he goes to win gold at the uh i did a rod right so yeah. he does that now he might go win himself a cup 
and is it the Memorial Cup? I think it's. I, don't know. I didn't look. I actually did not look up the specific trophy for the OHL. But yeah, there's a chance that he's going to go on to win a championship. Well, he's really having the best year ever. So talk about built. Talk about building confidence and letting him just like run the world. Like he's killing it. It's the J. The J. Ross Robertson Cup. Hmm, I didn't know that. The J. Um, Ross Robertson Cup. J. Ross, it's which like, was like the Ross Dress for Less Cup. That would be that would be incredible. <laughs> hey, do you want oh. this cup and a pair of these slightly worn Levi's for only eleven dollars? Welcome to Ontario. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's great. That should be awesome. Um, anyway, so Shane Wright really is having an, an amazing year. He is going to come in to a really good Seattle Kraken team next year. I mean, damn, this is just a this is just fun to be a fan of the Seattle Kraken and and, and good for Shane Wright. Good for him. I do know that mentally too, like developmentally, like what he did with Coachella coming back, his confidence was like it was fucking tangible. You could feel it. You could see it on the screen. Oh. And then going up and playing for Canada, scoring a goal in the championship game against Czechia, having seven points in seven games, being so fucking good and just being happy and playing hockey. Now going back to the OHL where he's going to go on to a playoff team and play for a championship. This is all such a good part of his development process. process. And then on top of that, we don't lose a fucking year on his contract because he only played eight games. This is literally just a win, win, win across the board. So that's all you need to know about that. I'm going to put, I, I, I would put a prop bet on it that if Ron Francis can somehow fleece the league, play chess while everybody else is playing checkers, I, 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 I'm going to say there's a 1% chance this could happen. He could probably figure out how to get Connor Bedard. I don't know how. <laughs> But I don't know. Did the Kraken have the first overall pick? How the hell did that happen? That happened. They won the Stanley Cup. What happened? All they gave up was Carson Soucy. I don't understand how they pulled this off. (laughs) It's like, oh man, I I I I had a drink and then I blacked out and I woke up and I was just uh, like, I Connor Bedard was on the team. It was crazy. You you wake up and you think Ottawa's. Ron Francis wakes up and he's like, I'm going to go get Connor Bedard. He's going to roofie the league and then he's going to he's going to steal. <laughs> he's going to steal Connor Bedard. It's gonna the, be league has to, the league has to watch their drinks around Ron Francis because he will he will pull a little <laughs> little Harry Houdini on you. The next thing uh, you know, you're giving up Connor Bedard. Uh, anyway, Shane Wright is having a great year. That means it's going to be a great year next year for the Seattle Kraken. And we're already having a great year. So we're just lining up the great years. Life is very good. So now speaking of life being good. There's something that we like to do in the show called our three stars of the week. And this is nothing to do with hockey. This is just where Joey and I just kind of go through, you know, life, sports, things we're into, whatever it is. And we just kind of go out and uh, pick our, our our top three stars and talk about it. So I say we get right into it. Um, I, last week, I think I went first. So, Joey, I'm going to have you start. What is your third star of the week? My third star of the week, and this is because we are a Detroit Red Wings podcast. It goes to the Lions. Shout out to the Lions. Some things needed to happen on Sunday in order for the Seattle Seahawks to make the playoffs. The Seahawks obviously had to beat the Rams. It was funny like hearing the national media talk about Seattle versus the Rams. Like, oh, Seattle's got this in the bag. I'm like, have you not paid attention to any Seattle Seahawks game ever? They always play weird games. They're always close when they shouldn't be. We've Always had an issue with the Rams. I knew it was going to be an issue, even at home. Turned out to be a really close game. Doing to kick, fourth quarter, had to go to overtime. Ended up winning it, thank God. But still needed Detroit to beat the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. 
And Detroit was able to pull it off, even though they were literally not playing for anything because by proxy of Seattle winning, Detroit got eliminated. So they were literally only playing to play spoiler to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And they won and they sent Seattle to the playoffs to get smashed by the 49ers. Man, the Detroit Lions, it just, you know, they started off rough. And did you watch Hard Knocks on HBO? I actually did not watch any of it this year, but I do. I do love it historically. I just I haven't had time to watch it this year. Go watch it because I've watched it every year, and I, I'm from Detroit, so like I I, I love the you Lions. Are? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever told you that before, oh, but I am. I was every born episode, in Detroit. Something new every episode. Yeah, and so I, uh, you know, I'm, I was watch Hard Knocks and like Dan Campbell. I love him. Dan Campbell, the coach of the Detroit Lions. I'm telling if you you listening right now, if you just like sports and you just like you know sports shows, drama. Like I love it when like you know you take reality TV and you combine sports. There's just something about it, right? Um, except for Last Chance You on Netflix. If you watch that, yeah, how are you gonna knock on Last Chance You? Because that coach doesn't stop screaming at his players. It's just like nonstop. That's just like on the South, baby. You know how uh, it is down here. It's a religion. It was the, it's the basketball one. The ba- It's the basketball uh, one. I haven't watched that one. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> watch Hard Knocks because Dan Campbell's so likable. He's so awesome. He has built a team atmosphere. Last year when the Lions were epically bad, he was like crying about it. You could tell that like he was just so passionate about this team. He just did something this year. And the fact that they came in to Lambeau last night and stomped on the Packers like and literally like a like a cigarette butt, like put the final sparks out in Aaron Rodgers' career as a as a Packer. And I just when Jared Goff made that 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 first down, right? Mm-hmm. That pass, and the team just started celebrating. That was just the greatest, the best. Not not just for you as a Seattle Seahawks fan and for Seattle Seahawks fans, but me as a Detroit Lions fan, even though that meant nothing for the Lions season over, that meant everything for the Lions. So next year is going to be great for them. I think the Seattle Seahawks, I think they do it, dude. I think they do it. So anyway, I'm thank you for picking the Lions as your third star of the week because the Lions really, man, just it's been it's been a rough 40 years of my life being a Lions fan. So it's it's looking good right now. Yeah, that was it. All right, what's your third star of the week? Um, I'm not looking at my notes. I got to look. Uh, I forgot. So I'm going to go. No, you didn't. It was dry January. I'm looking at it. Oh, thank you. All right, so so dry. Jeff is drunk. That's why he can't talk about his dry January. So actually, dry January has been pretty, pretty good. Uh, Dry January just started, uh, you know, what, eight days ago, nine days ago. Um, And I'll say this is – dry the whole time we had events we did stuff didn't drink didn't really miss it that much well last night uh my wife and i were like you know what we're gonna we're gonna we're just gonna have a uh damp so we had two glasses of wine and i oh, gotta so you, tell so you are cheaters wow no i did no i did I, I did cheat on dry january but i you know what it helped me realize like you know what i don't feel like drinking again anytime soon mm. i really because i drank the wine we drank the wine it was nice and then woke up this morning and like even just having that little wine, I felt like that little extra ounce of tiredness. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I, I'm just, I'm good for a while. So now look, I'm saying that like, I'm going to be some, you know, like teetotaler here. We already have plans for our next drink, which is going to be like a, at another, um, you know, Mardi Gras gathering happening in like two weeks. So like, only up a bottle of tequila right now. 
it's on the books. <laughs> yes. What exactly. is that? What is this that? isn't water. This is straight gin. Okay. So anyway, dry January, pretty, I, I, I'm digging it. I'm liking it. It could be more of a trend. You know, I, we, we shall see. Talk to me after in February. We'll see what happens with Marty Gras hits. So what's your second star of the week? Second star of the week has to go to King Cake. So I'm trying to find a way to explain this. We have a lot of individuals who are not very well versed in Mardi Gras. And to be completely honest with you, even after being in New Orleans for almost a decade, I, I still have a hard time wrapping my mind around it. So on 12th night every year, that is when that is the it signifies the start of Carnival, correct? King's Day. It also starts. It also is the day that king cake can officially be consumed. Now, you could get king cake prior to that, but if you eat it and if you go out and buy it and eat it, it's kind of a it's sacrilege, right? So yeah. I have to shout out King Cake because King's Day was this past Friday. Brennan's, shout out Brennan's, uh, famous restaurant family. They own a bunch of restaurants in New Orleans, whatever. Um, they hooked you up? They hooked me up. They sent me a king cake, and they have three different flavors. They have the original and then they have, which, you know, it's like like the cinnamon on top. With, like, Is there the, a banana one? They have a Bananas Foster, oh. and, they, and they have strawberries and cream. I went with Bananas Foster. So I, since Friday, have been grinding away at this Bananas Foster king cake that I've had in my – but if we recorded in person, I would the first thing I would do would be to hand you a slice of king cake. That's what I should do. So yeah. I had this Bananas Foster king cake. I've been eating it. I fucking love king cake. My favorite is from this Vietnamese bakery called Don Fung. And they do, well, their cinnamon is great, but their cream cheese filled is next level. Um, if you haven't had king cake and you don't know what we're talking about, and there's probably a lot of people that are listening to this, like, what are you talking about? Look it up. The The history um, behind Mardi Gras is actually really fascinating. It's one of those things that you don't really know about it until you are in it. Honestly, Every time I thought of Mardi Gras when I was a kid, it was like girls gone wild in my head. I was like, oh, there's just like titties everywhere and everyone's throwing beads and everyone's hammered. And you'd be surprised that like when you go to Mardi Gras, there's none of that. I mean, like the the beads and the throws are very real, but every parade has its own theme that's tied to something historically. All the floats are decorated, you know, by hand over the course of a year by that particular crew. Uh, it's very family oriented. There's families everywhere, and there's a, a lot of history and culture that's tied into Mardi Gras. That's really fascinating, and uh, and King's Day and Twelfth Night all ties into that as well. So that shout out to King's Cake. King, King Cake is awesome, and um, you know it, it's a it's a Catholic Mardi Gras is a Catholic, um, basically it's a Catholic holiday, right? It's because yes. at Mardi Gras Day is the end of the season of indulgence before yes. Lent where you, yes. you give every, you give up, you know, your 40 days of whatever you're fasting. Right. Yes. And it's called King's day because it happens every day on January 6th. I know, unfortunately there's other things now famous for being on January 6th. Well, like what it, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so 12 days after Jesus was born, Guess who showed up? King to... cake, the king cake baby. No, not the king cake baby. <laughs> who showed up to see JC, baby Jesus? Who showed up twelve days after their long trip? The three kings. Oh, it wasn't three the king. kings. No, the king. okay. They brought absinthe, right? And they brought 
what else did they bring? What other gifts? Not apps. King cake and paper plates. No. Uh, so the king showed up on King's Day. <laughs> and that's why it's called King's Cake. And the colors on the king cakes are the color of Mardi Gras, which is purple, green, gold. Purple yes. supposed to represent justice. Gold is power. Green is hope or some shit. I did not know anything about the colors. Now, the colors also represent on the cake the gifts that were given to baby Jesus. Frankincense, gold, and myrrh. So that's why it's... Burr, like Bill yeah, that's like Bill Burr, who's hilarious. Um, that's why it's called King Cake. And I have three fucking King Cakes in my kitchen right now, and I'm not kidding. I have what three. Flavors, what flavors do you have? Uh, so funny story is we have a traditional grocery store king cake. It was just something that I bought actually as a social media prop for work, but we we're you went to bro Mart and you got one, didn't you? Don't lie. No, I didn't. I actually didn't. I didn't want to say where, um, Rouse's it's just pretty good. It's, it's not bad. I've, I've had, I've had it before. Yeah. Bro Mart's is good. I, I do like, bro. um, but then Wait, I, I bought, um, I stopped and bought on the way down to Megan's this, this, another thing for carnival um can you tell we're a pro carnival new orleans uh, podcast yeah, by anyway, the way we live in new orleans just this is our first time telling you this so. yeah we never mentioned this either um, never I, told you this before. I bought two king cakes one for the house one for this party that was going on and i didn't realize that i they were both filled king cakes um they had filling in it and i can tell you this is like in our house and, and a lot traditional there's a lot of people that are anti filled king cakes and so that's blasphemous tr- to me, by the way. I, I, a traditional king cake is kind of like a, and somebody from New Orleans might kill me for this, but it's kind of like a cinnamon roll. No, with, it's like a giant pastry. It's like a giant pastry. It's like it's, but it's like it's it's almost tastes like a cinnamon roll, um, with icing on top. I guess is the only way to explain it. It's got cinnamon in it, but then you can get different flavors, and it's filled kind of like a filled donut. You know what I mean, like a jelly donut, but it's a cake. Um, Anyway, so I have a cherry-filled king cake from Marguerite's, which is in Slide L. Um, and then I have a blueberry one that I have not opened yet. The cherry one's interesting. Like, first of all, I'll eat any goddamn king cake. And I, I just mean, I just love sweets in general. You put king cake in front of me, I'm eating that shit. Exactly. So, like, so the cherry one's pretty good. I, also, what's good about filling is it keeps the king cake moist. So, like, the worst thing on the planet is a dry king cake. So, like, it's... I really love that word in particular. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Voice. Humid. I don't know. Uh, you know, like, I'm saying... It doesn't nice dry out. It's not dried out is the very moist the opposite cake. way of saying it. Okay. So, anyway, long story short, I've got three king cakes in the kitchen. One's not opened yet. And I'm actually supposed to go tomorrow. Um, for, I'm actually doing it for social media purposes. I'm going to go to Manny Randazzo's. Would you like one if I get get one? Dude, yeah, are you kidding me? I would love a Randazzo's. Anyways, okay. I'm going to go stand in line. They are arguably the most, I don't know, what would you say, like the most infamous king cake? I mean, like the line at Randazzo's is no joke every year. It's a, it's around the block every day for months. I, tomorrow, So you're, you'll are you be hearing this after the fact, but I will from the Kraken Pod Twitter account, I'll do some tweets from the line yeah, to buy you gotta, cakes. You got to show the, the king cake line. Yeah, um, so anyway... I'm, also, and yeah, like I like how you mentioned how Mardi Gras Day, which a lot of people know is Fat Tuesday. By the way, don't call it Fat Tuesday if you want to seem cool. Call it Mardi Gras Day. That yeah. is the that's the big party day because that is the day where, um, you know, you got to get out, got to get out all your sins, and that is my favorite day in the entire world because it is it is 
how can I explain this? It is literally the world's biggest party, and it's on a Tuesday, and you start early, and everyone is in costume, and everyone is hammered, and in just the best mood ever. And it, I, I can't explain it, but it's like it's just a joyous celebration, just debauchery everywhere in such a good time. And uh, I Mardi Gras day every single year, no matter how much I am limping into that day. It is my absolute favorite day of all time. This year, I think my costume is I have, uh, one of my best friends comes down every year. He came out to Mardi Gras once like six years ago and fell in love with it so much that he's been every year since then. So now I don't do it without him. And yeah. so I think we're doing Daft Punk and we're going to get the helmets no. that, actually, that actually do the thing across the visors. No. So we're going all out, like the all black suits with the, no. the helmets and everything. Yeah, we're going all That's- out. That's amazing i love that i'm super pumped anyways we're, we're talking awesome. a lot about, but now now you know now you know for people that One are listening more time yeah that's okay. awesome we have to move. um <laughs> i know i don't want to talk i just want to keep talking about mardi gras because i'm gonna it's, be in a role i'm actually gonna i'm dipping my toes into crew life i'm not in a crew but i i did join a walking crew okay so I've always wanted, I've never, I've never, um, I've never ridden. I've always wanted to throw. I've never been on a float before, but it's a, it's a goal of mine. Well, I'm going to say this is Joey, depending on how it goes. Um, and they're, they're, fr- it's like some friends of you know mine that do, they invited me like, yeah, let's try it out. So walking crew. So like, um, to explain this to you is like, you, you know, the Mardi Gras parades, you pr- probably everybody's seen pictures and videos of like, you know, Mardi Gras parades. Right. And there's, you pay to be in these crews and if you can get into them and then you can, you, you pay to go through yeah, like invite only you pay, yep. you do yep. like multiple hangouts throughout the year, which is like you yeah. party and you do stuff together. Now the walking crews are more like you literally like um, you walk sometimes between the floats, like, like a, a band goes by, then a float goes by, then a walking crew and a walking crew is kind of, it's just a group and they might have a funny theme to them. They dress up in costume. There's tons of these, walking crews um i'm i'm in a small one that goes through the quarter on the friday before mardi gras day oh my god are you doing it for um what parade am i thinking of here help me out the one friday before mardi gras day that's uh let me see this this is horrible podcasting son of a bitch what um it's the wine i've had a lot of wine for right tonight and now i'm starting good for you i don't remember what uh i don't i don't know Moving on. Honestly, I don't know. It's just, it's like this just walking through the court. I don't know if it's actually officially part of a parade. Um, anyway, so I'm going to be doing that, uh, which I'm pumped about. And I also love the weekend before. Oh, the um, weekend before is the best. It's a nonstop party. I mean, I'm, I'm literally drunk for at least 72 hours straight. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. And, and, and what's cool is like it's, it is. It's a family. It's like you can be drunk. You can be whatever. It's family. It's like yeah. fun. It's, it's just the best. It's just the best time of the year. And I was actually thinking about that too. Like, I mean, we've totally lost track of our three stars here, but um, I'm just going to skip from my number two star, uh, which is fixing the fridge, which I fucking did that on my own, which is pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> you two videos? My, I'm just going to skip to my number one because your number one is pretty awesome too. Okay. Uh, is carnival season, which is Mardi Gras season. It's just yeah, we're talking about, yeah. Christmas season is Christmas is, I love it. I love Thanksgiving into Christmas, but I got to tell you, is that week between christmas and new year's i'm kind of like eh, this is like the dead time yes and then yes. after new, new year's is fun and then after new year's i'm like okay countdown to king's day countdown to king's <laughs> day which is the sixth and then that's the kickoff and it just it, 
my wife is really into Mardi Gras. Her family started a parade. You know, we're heavily involved in this. It's like, you know, basically two months of doing things. She's planning stuff. She's a lieutenant, which means she um, is in charge of like 70 women who have joined to be on a float that she runs. So it's like she's got to organize this stuff. I'm hel- I was helping her this week and get costumes together and hand out masks. And it's just the whole thing's just kind of magic. And I think it's really cool as being a trans because I don't know if I've told you this before. I'm, I'm from Detroit. I married into a, a, a New Orleans family, but I'm you, from Detroit. Every time originally. we do an episode, something new about you. Exactly. So it's neat to me to see my kids grow up in this thing that I've never grown up before in. And they kind of just know it. They just, that's just their life. They just know, like they're obsessed with king cake. They just know all these traditions and they know what it is. It's like, it's like their life. And it's just, it's a magical time. So, and no, it really know, is. It really, yeah. You should, so I didn't really cut you off there. I'm just reminiscing now because it's one of the, like, also as a transplant, I don't know if I've told you this. I'm from Washington State originally. No, I didn't know that. So, yeah, from wow. Washington State. So, for me, it's one of those things where now that I've been here for almost, you and I have a weird thing. Like we actually have like a lot of weird timeline things happening because we've been in New Orleans for about the same amount of time. It's been like eight years or something for me now. Yeah, I moved on right. here in November of like 14, I think. Yep. And um, for me, it's one of those things now where it truly is a magical thing because like you said, January 6th, mm-hmm. um, once, once, you know, 12th night, King's Day is here, you start eating king cake, it kicks off carnival. And now you're in Mardi Gras season. And it's like, it's so hard to explain it. But the rest of the world is like just going about their normal business. It's like, okay, I have my New Year's resolutions. I'm back at work. The holidays are over. Things are kind of a slog, but whatever. It's the start of the year. And for us, it's like, there's this magical shit that's happening around us 24-7. There's all these parties and all these costumes and these balls, and these crazy events, and everyone's dressed up and they're in the best mood ever. And you're eating king cake every day, and then crawfish season starts. Now you're eating crawfish, and then you know uh, Abita uh, brings out their strawberry beer for the year. Now you're drinking Abita strawberries, and the weather's great. And it's like all of these factors start hitting at once, and everyone's in the best mood. Yep. And then it culminates into like what people have started calling deep gras, which is like, you're really deep in Mardi Gras. That's kind of a thing. People are like, I like, it, I don't like it, whatever, but it gets into that point of the year where it's like, now you're really in the thick of it because now the parades are going on and you're out all freaking night and there's thousands of people around you. And it just, it really is this magical thing. And it's so weird because like time almost like stops while you are, especially when you're in the thick of it, time, anything outside of new Orleans in that moment, like just doesn't exist. Like, I mean, like literally everything ceases. Like I don't respond to emails. We definitely don't, we didn't do a podcast last year. It's impossible. Um, they shut down the streets. You can't fucking drive anywhere. Businesses are closed. You can't go anywhere. It's like, you're just, you're in Mardi Gras and it's, it's so special and magical that it's hard. Like if I were to ever move away for whatever reason, I could not imagine what it would be like to live without that, magic during this time of the year and i'm very grateful for it it's just it's just the best and i gotta tell you is if you've ever thought about coming to mardi gras at some point in your life whether you have a family or not um or or whatever like anybody can come to enjoy it it's it is magical like every single year there was a moment on the saturday or sunday before mardi gras day i'm watching tucks or I'm watching Iris, or um, you know, just one of those day parades. Muses, muses. Well, yeah, not day, but yeah. But really, like any of those parades, and like, um, 
I, you know, kind of like just stand up on, you know, one of those ladders with, with my kid. And yeah, I know I'm one of those guys. And then, no, but you, I think it's great. That's where I, that's where I also met, um, met your wife and your kids. The yeah. first time I briefly ran into on the parade route. I was like, that's Hey, right. we're here. Yeah. And you, and you look around and it's just a sea of people just having, it's like the winds blowing. It's a beautiful, you always usually a beautiful day and the, 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 like the winds blowing and there's like just shit in the trees because it's just like beads and, there's music everywhere and just everybody's having a great time and talking and laughing. And it's like literally thousands of people. It's just, it's just a vibe it's that you so cannot special. explain. Yeah. It is it's very so special. special. Yeah. Everybody's welcome. It's just awesome. So anyway, uh, uh, I'm skipping fixing the fridge, go straight to my number one. So <laughs> we are deep in it and we We're need to do some live to hold all of your, uh, Abita strawberries for your yes. crawfish that you consume during, uh, during Mardi Gras season. And for me, my, my one star of the week uh, is DeMar Hamlin. So we actually found out a couple hours before we recorded that he was uh, released from the hospital uh, in Cincinnati and was able to fly home to Buffalo. The Bills also did a thing where they restructured his contract. They guaranteed him all of his money um, to say that is that is the right thing to do would be the understatement of the century. Um, I think I do think, you know, this is a very positive thing. Do I think the NFL is incredibly flawed in a lot of ways? Yes. Do I think that they, that they uh, prioritize player safety? No. Um, But this is in, um, you know, were they probably high-fiving behind the scenes thinking that they got the follow-up to this whole thing, right? With the support of him. Yeah. I'm toss all that shit to the side for me just focusing on him, which is honestly like where I think my priorities need to be. I'm just happy. He's okay. I think we need to give a ton of fucking credit to the safety personnel that were on the field that day. Um, I know there was one particular uh, woman who was the first one to like start administering CPR, but she also had motioned. I don't know if you know this Jeff to, for the team to circle around him so he could have privacy while they were trying to resuscitate him because she didn't feel like it was appropriate for like, you know, cameras and stuff to be filming, which is such a classy move in a moment of crisis while everyone's freaking out. And it's like, I want to talk about these people more because these people are legitimately heroes and they need to be put on a fucking pedestal, whatever they're paying. They're not getting, whatever they're getting paid. They're not getting paid enough. The story is great. He's alive and well, I don't know if he'll ever play football again, but the fact that, that he is alive after what happened, I think is, is a really beautiful thing. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate that it had to happen, but hopefully it gave people time to kind of pause and reflect on the shit that actually matters. We talk about sports and it's a fun thing. I love sports to death. I watch sports every day of my life for the majority of my life, but like the people that are in it, like this is the stuff that really matters. And so I've done a lot of thinking on it and I'm glad he's okay. You know, that on, friday which was the king cake day that was the day they took the breathing tube out yeah and that like i remember i i tweeted like this is just a great day like this is just a great day like like the vibe the love was in the air and that happened and like the the praying worked whatever it was worked and everything about it was just awesome and it's just a miracle um that that happened and it really opened up a lot of eyes uh in the league and in sports to a lot of things and it's nice. It's it was it was nice to humanize sports for a second because we get so caught up. You know, I'm guilty. You're guilty. Everybody's guilty of being like just taking sports way too seriously. And and it's it's people, man. You know, so 
that's just awesome that the the bills are going to pay him and and that he's good and he I can't believe he's out of the hospital. I mean, it's just over a week. It's crazy. On a plane to fly home to. I mean, that's just crazy to me. But I'm glad it all got taken care of. Yeah. So. Life is good. Life is trending up. I hope your 2023 is doing well. And I hope you just keep, you know, if it's, if it's not, you know, just do your, do your best to think positive, man, because there's a lot of positive things going. If you're listening to this podcast, a lot of positive positivity in our world's uh, personal life, but also to just, you know, just loving the, what the Kraken are doing, loving what's happening or uh, in the world around you. Life is good. So uh, please enjoy it. I actually was just kind of rolling through, um, catching up on some of the tweets here uh, mm-hmm. from the game tonight in Montreal. And man, the Kraken Pod family Twitter is just absolutely happy, which is fantastic. Uh, Kyle actually put out a request, and I'm going to mention him here. He said, please talk about uh, Ellie Tolvanen being awesome. He's only 23. With Shane no longer active uh, on the active roster, he's the second youngest player behind Maddie. There you he go. Said, he also said, I don't get it. Nashville also gave us a second for Lausanne. So uh, <laughs> thanks for that, too. Yeah, because they are a very, very poorly managed team. And uh, we will we will happily, uh, you know, take the good parts uh, away from them and, and strip them down to their fucking nothingness in order to improve ourselves. I mean, if they're going to be that idiotic, then someone's going to take advantage of it. So anyway, I'm going to retweet this and basically say, we just wrapped episode 59 and we did exactly this. So that's about it. It's time to wrap it up. Uh, I'm losing my voice, dude. I'm going to go eat some king cake and go to bed. I ate like like three or four pieces of king cake before bed last night. I've been eating like three every day minimum. Is it before bed, though? Yeah, dude, that was... That's the like, only downside to Mardi Gras is that by the time Wednesday after Mardi Gras day, you ever look at yourself in the mirror and like everything is puffy and you're just oh. like, oh, that's right. I've been I've been eating king cake and canes oh. for the last week. And prior Dude. to that, it's been crawfish and beers on the reg. So, yeah, Dude, I, I slept like garbage. I had crazy dreams. So, like, I'm going to shut this. Lots. I'm going to shut this podcast off and like <laughs> I cannot go in the kitchen because I'll eat it. And it's it's gonna be bad. So I'll I'm update. I'm gonna save you a slice of the bananas foster, though. I'm gonna save you a slice of that. Oh, dude, totally. So Please, I, I'm gonna Sweet. have some. All right, cool. All right, good. All right, all right. So anyway, you have a great week. Uh, enjoy life. Let's go Seahawks. It can happen. Let's go Kraken. And let's do our chirp of the week. Yes, what is happening is the Kraken. We're gonna beat the Bruins. It's gonna happen. But our chirp of the week this is when hockey players talk trash on the ice. And it is always hilarious. So thank you for listening to this, the Kraken Pod. Here is your Kraken Pod chirp of the week. Listen, Kev, what are you so worried about? You know mom's going to pack your stuff anyway. You're what the French call les incompetents. What? 